Hi, how are you doing? My name's Frank Burton. I'm an author and podcaster. I live in a van. Let's get that part out of the way. That's mostly where this new podcast series is set. Over the coming series, I'll be telling you a story. Sometimes along the way, it might sound like I'm not telling you a story. I'm just arguing with my Uncle Claude. It's no, Laurie, no. I'm telling you. It's not Laurie, it's leather. It's Laurie, it's red Laurie, yellow Laurie. It's not even a tongue twister. It's really no, no, easy no, to no. say it's no, leather. No, no. It's red leather, yellow leather. That's a difficult thing to say, isn't it? All right, say it quick then. Just so you know, arguing with Uncle Claude is a necessary part of this story. Stop doing that. Because this is a story about my Uncle Claude. And it's a story about me. I've called it Frank and Claude are following you. I can't remember why now, but anyway. I'm a reasonable man, Frank. I didn't say you weren't a reasonable man. I'm telling you a story, right? About me and Claude. I've been recording our conversation for some time now and some of the experiences we've had together. I'm just saying... If you're unfamiliar with my Uncle Claude, don't worry. You will soon get to know him. He doesn't have a great deal of hidden depth. I'm paying him a compliment there, by the way. I'm not saying he isn't a complex character. He is in his own way. I'm saying the complexity isn't hidden. It's right there in your face. All of the time. It is six o'clock in the morning, for God's sake. This story begins in 2019, shortly after I made the decision to move out of my conventional accommodation and take up life on the road. Claude was concerned. He came to visit me, partly for some reassurance, I guess. In his own way, I suppose Claude feels a certain level of parental responsibility because of, you know what, it's complicated. He's not my dad, just so you know. There's not going to be a twist at the end of all of this. That's my advice anyway. You're a real agony uncle, aren't you? It's not because you give good advice, it's because you are agony to be around. (laughs) (laughs) I am telling you a story though, remember that. Let's begin with this recording of me and Claude in the van, back in those uncomplicated days of 2019. I was bored. He was going on and on about something or other. Well, you see, the thing with these trade journals, Frank, yeah, 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 he was really going much, on, um, okay? More of a going thing, on. Really, in terms of advertising. And yeah, on. Nobody really reads them, you know? And on. It's more about the fact that it's and on. sort of in the trade and journal on. in order to sort of make and on. remind people in the industry and that you actually on. exist. That, that's all and the industry, on. I mean... People don't actually sit down and, and read on. these trade journals. Well, they kind of purchase them and they sort of have them lying around and stuff like that because they and on. feel like they ought to have them. And, and on. Sometimes you know, articles in a trade journal is just basically a puff piece about your your business, you know, and a lot of people sort of tie up for it in order to get these little and bits on. of puffery inside this trade journal. But again, nobody reads a trade journal, so... What is the point with it? And on. I was thinking about maybe I should pay for advertising to, to go in one of the trade journals. But then again, nobody. And on. And I, was, I was thinking that nobody actually reads it. So it's, it's one of those things that you have to uh, very much count your pennies in a way in terms of the advertising spend. And on. And, uh, but the, the, the whole point of uh, advertising, you advertise somewhere, haven't you? People have to know who you are. But people in the industry already know who you are through word of mouth. So 
is there actual benefit to advertising in the trade journal? You know, that's what I was thinking. I mean, what would you do? Me. Yeah, what would you do? Well, <laughs> what's, it? what's funny? Well, you know, Claude, I was listening to you. I really was. Oh, I was awesome. listening really yes. intently to what you were saying. It was just right. that um, I think I must have drifted off at a very crucial moment. Well, okay. You were saying something about the industry. <laughs> I don't know what you were right. saying, mate. Sorry. I wasn't listening to you, Claude. You weren't saying anything that was of interest to me. <laughs> I apologise. Well, I don't apologise, Frank. I know. Sometimes I do go on a bit, don't I? You know. Well, that's fine. That's fine. You know. If I told you about things to do with my work, you'd probably glaze over as well. Well, what else is there to talk about? I suppose. Good question. You really can trace everything that happened next to this moment here. This moment where Claude suggested that we had very little to talk about. And so, purely as a gesture to fill an awkward silence, I made a suggestion. Well, I'll tell you what, mate. We're actually in a very scenic spot here. Scenic I think spot. the two of us should just um, get out of the van and just go for a walk. A walk? Yeah, let's just go for a walk, shall we? See what we can see. Oh, that's very interesting, that, yeah. A walk. A walk. You know what a walk is, don't you? You put one foot in front of the other. A walk. Oh, yeah, I know what a walk is, Frank. I've never actually been for a walk. What do you mean you've never been for a walk? Of course you've been for a walk. You walk all the time. I saw you walking earlier on. Well, well, <laughs> You've well, never yeah, been for a yeah. walk. I've never done walking for the sake of walking, you know. I've never actually... Whenever I walk, I walk down the shops, walk to my car, walk to work, walk, walk up the stairs. Really? We're going to have to do something about this, Claude. This is absolutely insane. Well, Let, let's get out. <laughs> it. Let's get out here now. You, you can, you're going to absolutely love this, mate. That, I think this would be really up your street. But literally and metaphorically. <laughs> so, off we went. We were parked up close by to a small village. It was a nice location for Claude's first ever walk. I was hoping this would prompt him to stop prattling on so much. He started talking about Kid Creole and the Coconuts. So, you know, Kid Creole and the Coconuts is very interesting. In fact, they had right. a number of hits uh, in the UK um, in the 1980s. So okay. They never actually had a hit single in the US. Right. Okay. This is very interesting. That is it. I don't actually know who Kid Creole and the Coconuts are, to be honest, Claude. I'm, I'm sure that they're a very good band. Not bad, um, not bad. I've not really come across them before. I think they're slightly before my... Oh, slightly before your time. Yeah, yeah. But it's actually very confusing because there's actually two Kid Creoles. There's two Kid Creoles, is there? Yeah, yeah, two entirely different blokes. There's Kid Creole and the Coconuts, and um, there's Kid Creole. It's double D on the kid. Double D. Kid with a double D. Kid with a double D. He was one of the rappers in a Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five. Would you believe? How furious was he in relation to, to the other five? Hey, what? Uh, you know, was he just uh, mildly irked? What do you mean, irked? Or was... <laughs> what is this? I don't know what you mean. Just having a bit of banter here, Claude. I'm, I'm suggesting that the Furious Five were, were all had <laughs> a different levels of anger. You see what I'm doing here? I'm saying this one of them was really furious. Oh, yeah, yes. It's, it's a very good joke, that, Frank. 
It's got, uh, got legs. You're talking of legs, how, how do you like the walk? Out in the open air, just walking for the sake of walking. Fantastic, is it not? Yeah, I suppose so, yeah, it's a bit of a breeze. If that's nothing wrong with a bit of a breeze. Oh, I can't stand a breeze, Frank. I really don't like a breeze at all. It's like having somebody come up in your face and go, Why that? Just blowing in your face. Who would want that? What are you talking about? There's nothing wrong with it. Are you recording this, Frank? Yeah, I'm recording this, yeah. What are you recording this for? Me and you going for a walk. What is the purpose of that? I told you, I'm, I'm, uh, I thought I'd just start recording absolutely everything and then I can make it into some kind of documentary. Or maybe a whole documentary series. It's a documentary series, what is you are made of walking? That's a very odd idea. Well, you might think it's an odd idea. Maybe it's the best idea I've ever had. I don't know. Well, did I actually consent to you doing this? What did you think I was doing when I put that lapel mic on you? Oh, I just thought it's this funny little thing you were doing. I don't know. Oh, come on, it'll be a laugh anyway. I'll you know. keep it on. It's absolutely fine. I'll, I'll say whatever I want to say. I'm just worried about this documentary of yours being extremely boring. That's all. Depends on what happens. I mean, something really exciting could happen right now. I mean, look at that. What's that there? What do you mean? Uh, that look, the orange peel on the ground. You see what's happened here? I do see what's happened, yes. Someone has discarded an orange peel. And it's a, it's a rather large orange peel. Look, see where he's put it. He's eating the orange while he was walking along. And it's just kind of trailed off behind him. You see what kind of peeler he is. He's, uh, he doesn't peel all in one kind of big, long strip the way that some people do. I mean, you could possibly yeah, peel the orange. It's a good chance, huh? like, yeah. Just all, all in one big tapeworm style strip. I'll well, try and do and that. Take sometimes. it all off that way. This guy's been peeling it off, sort of little bit by little bit. And it's walking along. Look, the section you peeler. See, section peeler. We're passing more of it now. Look, he was eating it as he was walking along. So every couple of steps, he was dropping like a little bit of orange peel. Look, it's just uh, oh, it's very interesting, isn't it? He would be more interesting, Frank, if he was some sort of master criminal that we were on the trail of, but he's probably just some bloke eating an orange. You don't know his backstory. You know, true, he, true. he could have been fleeing from, from any sort of thing. He doesn't have to be some kind of master criminal. I think it's interesting just the fact that he's a normal man eating an orange and he's decided to just discard of his orange peel. Well, well, it's a little bit distasteful putting it in your pocket. I do find that, yeah, particularly with banana skin. Oh, oh no, put banana, banana skin, skin in my no, pocket. No, no. It's rather, rather uncomfortable having it no, there, you wait, know what I mean? No, but if wait. there's no bin around, you do have that advantage of it being biodegradable. You can just get rid of it, you know. There's probably some kind of loophole where you wouldn't get fined for littering if it was fruit skin. That's what I assume. I, I assume that there's never been a case of anyone being arrested for dropping fruit skin on the floor. That would have to be a really kind of straight-laced, play-it-by-the-book kind of copper who booked you for that one, wouldn't it? Dropping orange peel. Well, I love banana skin. It'd be a hazard. You know, they're a trip hazard, don't we? Yeah, absolutely they are, yes. Could be considered some kind of sabotage. You know, arrested for sabotage. You could... Is that a crime? Sabotage? <laughs> Yeah, sabotage is a crime. Of course it's a crime. Well, it depends on what sort of sabotage it is, I suppose, isn't it? So, look. Look at this. The trail ends here. There's a big load of skin right just here. There's a the whole whole bunch of strips. Just He must have stopped walking at this point. And at the orange, stood at this very point. Just stood here while he finished his orange off. 
That would seem likely, yes. Why did he do that, though, God? I don't know. Yeah, but think about it. Why did he do that? There's nothing here. There's no bus stop here. Why did he stop here? There's nothing to stop here for. There's no sites of particular interest here. You can't see a particularly good view of those hills from here. You've got that building in the way over there. We're getting into built-up area now. So there's nothing to look at. And there's just traffic on the road next to us. Well, maybe you met someone. No, this is the act of a man working alone. <laughs> That's what I think. He's working alone here, Claude. With this crime of his, as, as minor as it is, it actually is still a crime dropping this orange peel on the floor. I don't think he would do that in the company of another person. Well, maybe it was another criminal <laughs> who likes to drop orange peel as well. Uh, an accomplice. Maybe, maybe that's why there's so much peel here. There's two of them. They met at this rendezvous point to drop orange peel on the pavement. That's what I think. No, that, that doesn't ring true to me. I, I, I think this is an absent-minded act. I don't think it was premeditated. No, I, I suppose so. Yeah, that would make more sense. Yeah, but the thing is, uh, it's, it's interesting. It's interesting to me uh, as to why he stopped here. I, I think if we put our heads together, we can properly put our heads together. It out yeah, yeah. And just sort of see what it was. I, th I, th I think he was dist distracted. Have a look at that over there. What? Just literally just a few feet away. What There's is it? Four cats. There's four cats sitting on that wall. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's, uh, you don't often see four cats sitting on a wall. I no, think. you don't, no. You do not see that very often. I think you must have lived in that house. Yeah, that, that house there, yeah. Oh, my God. Have a look. Just have a look. Just, uh, just, just be cool about it, right? Just have a little peek. Look. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> so I said, how many cats are in that house? Oh. <laughs> that is a lot of cats. This is why he stopped. He saw... He saw the cats in that house. There must there must be about thirty cats. Now that that is not a cattery or anything like that. That is somebody's home. You're keeping all of those cats in their home. I would stop. And oh, you know, we stopped. The interesting thing is, we stopped to look at the orange peel, but he must have stopped to look at the cats. Because it's a very curious thing, that isn't it? Yes. Uh, maybe this moment the orange peel was uh, some kind of cat lover. Whoever it is who lives there is a cat lover. You know, some cat lady. Well, why do you think it's a lady? I don't know. I just think... I don't think a man would do that. Oh, really? Am I being stereotypical here? Yes. Have you ever met a cat man? I've met... Oh, you know, no, no, women in the neighbourhood who keep lots of cats. I've uh, seen that a lot. And that's where the expression cat lady comes from. Because it's usually a woman who has lots of cats. I've known a man to have a cat before, but I've never known a man to have 30 cats. <laughs> well, shame on you, Frank. Oh, it's well, steady on. It's rather outdated. I don't think it is outdated, Claude. I just think, talking from my experience, I think that there are no cat men. There are only cat ladies. There's always an exception to the rule. I'm not saying you're wrong. But... OK, well, do you want to put money on it or something, pal? Because I'd be happy to stand here for a while and just see... I just uh, keep a respectful distance, but um, have a little peer through those windows and see who actually does live there. Let's make it interesting. Let's put some money on this thing, shall we? Oh, I'm not a gambling man. Well, that was quick. There she is. Look, <laughs> she's in the garden right there. 
Like, all right, let's get a move on. Let's get out. Still not necessarily a woman. Frank looks like a woman to me. You can't say that sort of thing anymore. Okay, fine. Run! Hang on. Stop, stop, stop. Why are you running away from the cat lady? <laughs> you said cat lady. You're not listening to me, are you, Frank? I get a little worked up about these things. It's always society. What do you call them? Societal. Societal assumptions about people of a certain age who never married or raised a family. Women who have cats instead of kids. Or men who devote their lives to their careers instead of... You know, some people might look at me and see a sad, lonely, pathetic old man. I don't. I've never thought that about you. And people who do make that assumption are idiots, Claude. Yeah? Do you think I'm an idiot? No. Where have you got that from? You're an intelligent man. You're irritating. But that's a different matter. <laughs> You're lucky I don't discriminate against irritating people, is it not? Irritating? Me? Alright, okay, okay. Let, let, let's get out. And that would have been that, I suppose. I drove Claude home shortly after that. We didn't see each other for a while. A couple of months later, I gave Claude a call just to see how he was doing. He was a few weeks into his retirement, having run his own successful business for several decades. Hello? Alright, Claude, how you doing? Who's this? It's Frank, mate. Have you not got, got a caller ID? Oh, I do have caller ID, Frank, yes, but I'm not wearing my reading glasses at this moment in time. Right, so, who's this? You still said, who's this? You don't recognise my voice? Well, I do recognise your voice, yes, but I don't want to assume that it's you. It could be someone with the same voice as you, you know what I mean? All right, <laughs> this is very cautious of you, Claude. Are you going to answer my question? What question is that? I said, how are you doing? Oh, I'm, I'm okay, Frank, thank you, yes, I'm okay. I'm, I'm okay, thank you, Frank, yeah, I'm okay. Oh, I'm okay, thank you. Oh. He said, are you sure you're okay? You just said you're okay about 14 times in a row. That, to me, says that you're not okay. Well, I've been better, Frank, I'll be honest with you, I've been better. Oh, really? Oh. What's up? Nothing's up as such, Frank. I'm just, uh, just a little bit bored around the house at the moment. I think uh, since I've retired, I've found myself with very little to do and very few people to see. It's becoming something of a burden. Oh, I'm really sorry to hear that. Yeah, I mean, it, it must be quite a contrast a to contrast, your old life. Yeah, you doing this kind of uh, really busy job and then suddenly you're not doing it. So it makes me sad to hear you like this, you know. You've usually got a, a spring in your step and a song in your heart. It's not a spring in my step, it's a limp. <laughs> well, a song in your heart at the very least. It's not a song in my heart, it's a pacemaker. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Excellent. <laughs> Great work there, Claude. <laughs> How far can we take this? Um, song in your heart, spring in your step. Oh, a uh, twinkle in your eye. It's not a twinkle, it's a cataract. <laughs> that's very good yeah I'm, I'm glad that i've been able to <laughs> that's not a twinkle it's a cataract i'm going to write a biography of you claude and i'm going to i'm going to call it that i'm going to call it 
It's not a twinkle, it's a cataract. And that's the story of your life. How do you like that? Are you really going to write a biography of me? (laughs) No, not really. I don't know what I would write. Guy worked for a lock company and then retired. The end. (laughs) That's a little too brutal for my liking, Frank. Uh, Sorry, I shouldn't joke about it. You know, obviously you had this great career and and now the career's over. And uh, yeah, I understand how you feel. I do. I understand how you feel. Maybe we should get together. Just go go for a go for a drink or something. Go for a go for a meal. Go for a meal. Not eating with you, vegan boy. <laughs> Unless you want to come for a carvery or something. Well, of course I can come for a carvery. I just won't have the meat element of the thing. You know what I mean? I'm not, I don't begrudge you uh, having your roast beef or whatever it is. I can actually I can come for a carvery with you any time. Well, I'm set yeah. a date for it. Going for a carvery is one of those things that's, uh, I'm just not interested in it anymore, Frank. I don't know what I'm interested in, to be honest with you. Yeah, it's uh, disheartening to hear you talk like this, Claude. Uh, it really is. So is, is this something that uh, that you would like to do? Well, I'll tell you what, Frank. I'll tell you what I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed that time you and I went out. We went out for a walk, didn't we? Remember that? It's the first time I'd ever gone for a walk. It's, it's a very nice experience. And we uh, we found that orange peel on the ground. Do you remember? Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, yeah. I, I recorded that as well. That was uh, when we had the lapel mics on. I, I had that idea of making the, the documentary. It's a funny idea. Yeah, I don't know what became of that. Well, why don't we do that again? Well, <laughs> Do what again? Go for a walk? Not necessarily go for a walk, no. I think we should investigate some more things like that. The orange peel. That, that, that was... uh right. really got me thinking about, about uh, different people, different lives, and the way that okay. all of our lives are interconnected in some way. You, know, you yeah. come across somebody, you don't even meet the person, but you see the evidence that they've left behind. In this case, yeah. it was orange peel. But in other cases, it could be something else. Okay. You know, and we, we could we go around, the two of us, you, you and I... Uh, we could we could we could solve some mysteries, you know. Maybe that's what your <laughs> documentary could be about. <laughs> well, my, my documentary could be about <laughs> you and me solving mysteries. Well, why not? <laughs> You've even got a van. We could be driving around in the van like the Scooby Doo gang. Well, I would love that, Frank. Really, you would love it. Well, you know, you come and stay with me in the van for a bit, okay, and we can, okay. we can do a bit of driving around solving mysteries. I'm, I'm actually. Um, I have to tell you, I'm recording this call as what? well, because I, I record all of my calls. So this could be part of the documentary, because this is like the genesis of the idea that we've come up with right now. You're recording and, the call? Um, we, yeah, I'm recording the call. Yeah, Why? I'm recording the call. You should get yeah. my permission. I know you haven't consented to it, Claude, but... <laughs> what are you doing it for you know, anyway? To hell with it, mate. I'm recording the call. That That's well, it, okay? Uh, uh, Let's just okay, coordinate well. our diaries or whatever, and we can get together, and we can solve another mystery. I think that would be cool, don't you? I do, actually, yeah. I, I think that would be cool. Yeah, you see, this is the sort of thing you should be doing in your retirement. This is perfect for you, just uh, just having a bit of a walk out in the countryside. It's very nice. Um, but it's more the investigating, really. That's what I'm interested in. I want to be an investigator. Yeah, yeah, we can do that as well. But, you know, think about the walking. The walking is good, it's good for you. Bit of fresh air. You don't need to convince me too much of it, Frank. I, I do appreciate the benefits of it. I'm just thinking about this, this whole thing, about you and me driving around the van and, and uh, investigating curious phenomena. 
Yeah, so we like like the Scooby <laughs> the Scooby Doo gang. Yeah. Oh, the littlest hobo. Oh, I remember the littlest hobo. Yeah, that was the dog, wasn't it? Yeah. Strange premise for a TV show that wasn't it? It was a dog who sort of uh, travelled around and helped people out. And it was good. It was a good show. I remember it. Yeah, I like the uh, the theme tune. Oh, a classic theme tune. There's a voice keeps on calling me down, down the road. That's where I'll always be. Every stop I make, I make a new friend. Can't stay for long, just turn around and I'm gone again. Maybe tomorrow I'm gonna settle down. Until tomorrow I'll just keep moving on. Ba -da -ba 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 -da -ba. Something's caught my attention now, actually, Cole. You see that guy? He's walking the opposite way. Don't look directly at him, Mike, but um, he says he's walking along, isn't he? No. What about him, Frank? You see what he's got on his head? A pair of antennae. Well, they're not real antennae, they're just like uh, antennae from like a children's headband. Yeah, well, why is he wearing them? Well, maybe he's got kids. Maybe one of his children put them on there. Yeah, but he's wearing, he's wearing a business suit there. He looks like he's on his way to work. But he's, he's got a pair of antennae on his head. The, the picture doesn't match up the two things. Does he know that he's wearing the antennae? Maybe one of his work colleagues has done it as a joke. They've slipped the antennae on his head just as some kind of office prank. But I don't know, that suit that he's wearing, he looks kind of like a high-powered businessman. You know, he doesn't look like... What are you doing? Come on, follow him, mate. Come on. God's sake, God. I'm just... Oh, I'll follow him and see where he's going. This is all part of the investigation. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I suppose so. Oh, God. <laughs> Try to keep up with you, mate. You're actually really fast. Oh, we got... got to keep our distance, though, Frank. Back away, back away, back away. Don't go too fast. That's it. Keep a respectful distance. Okay, well, keep a respectful distance. That's fine. Look at him. Look, they're bobbing along like nobody's business. Uh, <laughs> A pair of slinkies on top of his head. Weird. It's a very good question that you raise here. Why is he wearing those antennae? All we can do is speculate. I mean, I don't want to go up to the guy and ask him what he's doing, you know. One of those things I think maybe we'll never know. Why? I'm, I'm a bit too curious to find out, my friend. Well, he's going to have to leave it. I mean, I don't know. He, look, he's running for the train now. Look, he's, he's, he's actually running for it. We're going to... I'm going. Hey, Claude. Claude. Where are you going? Excuse me, sir. Claude, get back here. Leave him alone. Excuse me, sir. Claude, get back here, you plank. Excuse me. Excuse me. Claude. Excuse me, sir. How are you faster at running than me? It's ridiculous. Get back here! Excuse me, sir! Claude! Excuse me! Claude! Excuse me! Claude! Oh, for God's sake. Gorgonzola! What? 
<laughs> I said Gorgonzola, Claude. What did you say that for? Well, I had to stop you somehow. You were going to cause a scene with this guy. I didn't want you going up to him and asking him about his antennae. It's embarrassing. Well, I, I suppose you're right, Frank. Yeah, I got a little bit carried away. Why didn't you say Gorgonzola? <laughs> That's just the first word that popped into my head. I thought it would distract you sufficiently enough to stop you from running after that guy with the antennae in his head. And hey, presto, it actually worked. But it did actually work, yeah. Maybe that can be our, our safe word. <laughs> Maybe it can. I, d I didn't think at this stage in my life I would be discussing safe words with you but evidently here we are now our safe word is gorgonzola <laughs> so that was the start of it in its own way this was quite a momentous moment uncle claude and i had never had much in common we never found our own thing that we could do together until now we'd formed our own investigation team well I suppose you could say we had music as well. Where'd you get the sheet music from, mate? Eh? It's a closely guarded secret, Frank. Oh, I wasn't trying to steal your <laughs> access to your secret supplier or anything. I was curious. Here's the cue. I have often walked down this street before but the pavement's always stayed beneath my feet before all at once am i several stories high knowing i'm on the streets where you live are there lilac trees in the heart of town can you hear a lark in any other part of town? Does enchantment pour out of every door? No, it's just on the streets where you live. And oh, that towering feeling just to know Somehow you are near The overpowering feeling That any second you may suddenly appear People stop and stare They don't bother me For there's nowhere else on earth That I would rather be let the time go by I don't care if I Can be here on the streets where you live People stop and stare They don't bother me For there's nowhere else on earth that I would rather be let the time go by, I don't care if I can be here on the street where you live. 
Do you fancy a curry?